0: on the City Till I Supporters Podcast. My name is Dee Kern. On this week's episode, we'll be talking about the fact that Derry City are the third best team in the country following their victory against Sligo Rovers on Friday night at Brandywell Stadium. And we'll be talking about that game with Kevin McKenna and we'll be looking ahead to the St. Patrick's Athletic Game this coming Friday. We'll be taking a moment too to talk to Eddie Siddick about the underage level. This and more on the City Till I Supporters Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, what's happening now? And welcome to the City Tide Day Supporters Podcast. And joining me as ever is Andrew Cassidy. Andrew, what's happening now?
1: What's a crack day?
0: Hey, third best team in the league. And not only that, there on Friday we got an added bonus. Kenny Shields has come out of himself until 2018. What a fantastic week it has been for Derry City.
1: Yeah, great feeling. Uh, We've spoken about it now for so many weeks in the podcast that nobody expected third place. You know, we're here now and it's it's official that we are the third best team in Ireland, so... Fantastic, and hopefully Kenny Shields is now sending his new contract, hopefully we can build on that.
0: Unbelievable, the achievement that we've had this season under Kenny Shields, because, as we said, we weren't really expecting it at all, and seeing some of these young players come through, and we'll be talking to Eddie Sadek about some of these young players later on, it's really refreshing, it gives you that buzz of what we had as we were in the first division coming back in the Premier Division in 2010-2011.
1: Exactly, yeah, when you look at the likes of Ronan Curtis getting uh, Northside Warriors Club's Player of the Year, and you consider that two years ago, he was a full-time member of the under-19s team. i never really come under the first team at all. And within a few years, he's now getting voted Player of the Year. And he's actually one of the older of the young lads that come through. He likes of Conor McDermott and Ben Doherty, Rory Holden and... There's so many names that are coming through now.
0: We'll be finishing up the season against St. Patrick's Athletic this coming Friday. We'll have Kevin McKenna here as part of the supporters panel. They talk about not only that match, but the Sligo Rovers game on Friday night past. And, as I said, we'll be talking to Eddie Sedak and we'll be hearing from Kenny Shields as well. If you want to share your thoughts with us about the podcast or anything regarding Derry City, feel free to contact us first of all on Twitter. It's at C-T-I-D. Podcast On Facebook, it's hashtag CTID Supporters Podcast. And make sure you follow us on our SoundCloud page, because once you do and our podcasts are updated, you'll get the notification that says it's there and ready to play. You can find us on SoundCloud.com by finding us on hashtag CTID Supporters Podcast DC. And on iTunes, it's hashtag CTID Supporters Podcast. We're going to do things a little differently this week. We're going to start off with around round the league, because we now know who are the champions and who will be staying in the Premier Division going into twenty. 17.
1: Around the league this week, uh, we can't actually move on from around the league without talking about Dundalk. Third year in a row now, crown champions. Fantastic to see if you're a Dundalk fan, and fantastic to see they're running Europe as well. I think a European exposure that Dundalk are bringing the League of Ireland now is attracting a few more players to uh, a few more European players to maybe look at the league as as, as a way to move over to England or whatever. And as I've said before, I've I've no problems with the likes of Ireland or anyone else coming here. ...hoping to get a move to England because of it. At the end of the day, it means they're going to play their hard side. Well We'll move on then, talking about Dave Robertson... ...who wasn't happy with Stephen Kenny at all last night. He took to Twitter, basically, just to say... ...he wasn't happy with Kenny's league... ...sort of the way he's finished off the league... ...with his team selections... You know, if you look through Dundalk starting 11 last night, there, I, I see no problems with it. There's a few under 19s there, but like so Michael O'Connor, he, he's absolutely fine. He's, there's talk of Hong going England now, he's been in trial on that, and he, he's placed for Republic of Ireland. So if you're going to stick on guys like that, he's not really a lower standard than, than what he would have anyway. So.
0: I understand why Dave Robertson would be upset because he's trying to guarantee fifth place. Although, in saying that, you got to give Dundalk a bit of slack considering the number of games they've played in the last couple of weeks. They've won the league, it's wrapped up now give the lads a match they rest because they've got a cup final two European ties to come up in the next couple of weeks of course yeah you got guys who haven't really had much game time as well
1: from enjoy or for one reason or another Kieran O'Connor played last night as well he was at uh, Derry City last year of course these lads have to get their chance as well no better time to do it you've uh, a busy schedule coming up why wouldn't you another fantastic thing with Derry City Finn Harps are
0: staying up yay are you in the camp though that you wanted them to stay up or did you want to see them go down
1: well I have a girlfriend from Donegal so uh, a lot of her friends when I go down there will slag me so it would have been fantastic if I went down but it means I can slag them again next year hopefully hopefully I don't have to take any stick like I did on the first day of last season but uh, last week's predictions I only got one right which was the Derry City game there are times where you get none right so at least we had take, a two weeks uh, right the week before so you can give them that one they, they all balance out I'll try and make a few predictions this week anyway uh, one of the worst weeks to predict the match if anybody's doing best the last game of the season it always has to be avoided Bray Wanderers and Cork City at the Carolina Ground. I'm going to say Cork City 2-1 for that one talk and Galway it's, it's another one of those games that Stephen Kenny won't want to play Dundalk will still get a result there I think. So we'll say uh, Dundalk 2-0 against Galway. Finn Herbs and Pose at, uh, at Finn at Fun Park. I think I'm gonna go Bohemian that one. I'm gonna go 2-0 there. Longford Town and Shamrock Rovers in Longford. Longford are notorious for parking the bus down there. So they're gonna try it again. But I'm gonna go 1-0, Shamrock Rovers. Some Pats are hosting Derry I'm going to go for the same call as I had last week 2-1 to Derry City I think we're going to go gold goal down again and call back from it it's happened 3 games in a row now Sligo Rovers and Wexford were just of course Sligo Rovers have everything to play for now they're still trying to catch some Pats so if Derry City can do them a favour they'll be looking to grab all 3 points there I'm going to go
2: 3-0 Sligo Rovers
0: Thank you for taking us around the league
2: It's Match Night Live on Drive 105, 105, 105... Join the Match Night Live team every week as we travel up and down the country following Derry City with the home games. Manages to bring it under control. Plays it backwards in Mac and he left foot across and then Harry Martin he makes it 2-0. A beautiful cross on the left foot into the 18-yard box. Ray Patterson, this thing gets away from his man. Patterson! Brides it under the top corner at last. And that's Derry City for Longford for 2 0. And the away games. To play down to it's played on the keyboard. It should be 5 0. It is 5 0 to Derry City.
3: What a goal by Derry really City. It's absolutely fantastic.
2: Really Monham plays a
0: beautiful three ball here. Dick Patterson. Patterson, the shot. Oh, the post from Roy Patterson. Take it to a goal.
2: Goal. Derry City are back in this. I mean. All the ups. Tries to get his head up.
3: Tries to float on the ball. Boy gets a yard of room. Can he finish it? Ball stretch it. Boyle puts it across. Must be. Oh,
2: yeah! yeah! and Downs. ...spade work there, but it's McMillan. McMillan with a left shot. Oh, what a goal. Pick of the evening. McMullen just on a 180 degrees to get away from the tension of Bommelan. And he shifted onto his right foot and drove it under the top corner. Derry City now up. That's Match Night Live on Drive 105. Catch the highlights at hashtag CTID. Match Night Live. By the fans. For the fans. We're
0: going to kickstart things with our analysis from the Sligo Rovers game from Friday night by first of all playing the highlights, which is provided as always by our contributing donors, Drive 105's Match Night Live. the ball has been in the air for a couple of minutes but finally Russell brings it down and plays it to Rondon he tries to force the ball forward but brilliantly defended by Derry City out towards Patterson who now plays it in the mall to Curtis Curtis plays it out to his right hand side now to Schubert Schubert with a strike on the right foot but that's a great save by Nugent it was plenty of space and opportunity there for uh, Lucas Schubert to pick his spot uh, Curtis was up against two central defenders moved it out just to the right of
3: the was I if I was thinking yeah. if Roberts had took a bit more care- there he's in again now there's it an opportunity now boat. for
0: Roberts coming down the right hand side goes for a shot from this and it comes off the underside of the crossbar that was a fantastic effort considering the angle that he was in it was laid off there by Sadler as they went in the counter attack he was out in the right wing probably in line with the 18 yard box dinked it with his right foot over the head of Jared Doherty he was about f- five yards off this
2: to Rodden Rodden two right, bottom right bottom foot lifts it back on the Derry's 18 yard box, Gerard comes across this time, punches well and uh, it's up to the number 6 and it's actually it in it's uh, uh, Pat McCann, that man we were talking about who has hardly been involved he just lofted it back and I thought Gerard uh, Doherty must have thought that was going over the bar but instead it has just dropped in behind him and it's Derry City nil. No, Sligo Rovers won right on the stroke of half time yeah,
0: Defender there, Donlan manages to they headed behind him and now here's an
2: opportunity for Schubert to play it into the 18-yard
0: box towards Patterson who hits it wide of the post i seen his name in lights already, and I think so to Patterson, but we all got blinded because you think in that situation where it's cut into the 18-yard box, straight to the left of Roy Patterson, considering the position he was in, you expect that to go into the near post. It's
4: it's Curtis, Curtis, Curtis plays the ball to the left-hand side, Daniels with a bit of space, one-on-one with the left-back again, tried to cut
2: inside, very well done, gets a chance for a shot, blocks but it keeps and McEnough at the edge of the box, McEnough with a shot, a very silly, a score, a goal to Brandon Will, one each, and McEnough goes away to the fans
3: in the jungle and they're celebrating what a terrific shot from the edge of the box McEnough with a goal for Derry City he spun he, on the edge of the
2: Sligo 18-yard box rolls along the park oh. and then Patterson or sorry Boy was coming up a stall with McNamee yes. McNamee with a right-footed shot spreads it past the outstretched hand of Keir Nugent and that's Derry City 2 Sligo Rovers 1 thought all was lost but not Barry McNamee he kept his head Eddie, he? he kept his composure, and he picked his spot well, and he put it on the bottom corner. Did
0: he Straight after the game, Paggy Cook from Drive 105's Match Night Live caught up with the manager, Kenny Shields to get his reaction to the victory.
5: I thought we had good chances tonight, and people who have been prolific just didn't get this over, and it took Aaron McAnith and Barry McNamee to pull us out, and they've both been outstanding this season, I was pleased for both of them. We closed the game out quite well, I thought, and young Scott Whiteside got in the pitch and Ben Doherty and couldn't get Rory holding on. I wanted to do that, but really good to get the result for the supporters. They can go home now and say, well, that was a good season. I feel good about that because it's something, a target we set as we went along. I said to them to win the last four. We're three quarters of the way there. Last week I said win and we're in Europe. This week I say win and we're third. I don't know what my motivational tool is going to be for next week because it's a dead rubber. This is a good opportunity for me to assess who has character and who loves the game because the ones that play with the passion and the commitment will say to me, I love the game, I want to play this game, rather than let's just play the season out. The game doesn't matter. I I want to win next week.
0: Joining us now to talk about the Sligo Rovers game and also they look ahead to Freddie night's game against St Patrick's Athletic is Kevin McKenna returning to the panel? Kevin, what's happening now? How's the form, boys? Good to be back. Good to have you back. And I just want to start first of all, what were you throwing more about in Freddie securing third or Kenny Shields committing? They also until twenty eighteen. I'm
4: going to actually just probably say Kenny's extension at the moment, like because it's a vital piece for Derry City in the ongoing development of the club on and off the field what Kenny's done this season is beyond phenomenal to me like, I couldn't uh, supersede where he would be at the end of the season so us signing Kenny for an extension on the 2018 was a, a brilliant coup for the club to be honest I'm over the moon with
0: Do you think you know, going into the next season he's got a much harder task they repeat or not even really repeat just they build on what he's done already this season
4: for me like I think we have to be realistic in our aspirations for next season I think Kenny look to be more sustained than bald and ball because what we have realize is I, I honestly think we overachieved here if he can keep most of that squad, which I don't f- I hope we will do and bald that keep integrating the youth and hopefully maybe I would say try and maintain the third place because I can't see us to be honest realistically just challenging just yet maybe in the next few years and then hopefully maybe get their cup final
0: you may have seen the article in the Derry Journal again talking about money where it was put them about the £35,000 extra that he's getting from finishing the position that he is. He just seemed very unmoved by the whole thing. Are Derry City supporters expecting him to go out there and put some heavy expenditure into the transfer market for next season?
4: I don't think so because of the, the way he's a- approached this season because a couple of times we look at the Paddy McCord incident he was reassured that there was money there if he needed it and Kenny decided no I'll I'll pick my time I think he's chosen his players wisely too he's not going to rush into anything so I think he'll continue that pattern and it's worked for him so far he's invested in youth and the players he has brought in have adapted quite well to be fair
1: so I think he'll continue that pattern even if the money is there Yeah well he needs three or four players anyway and uh, I think i will bring them in but if you really look at the the Calwell players that he brought in last year, like the Schubert and Vemeland. You would have imagined that those guys were going to cost a fortune, and and they didn't. So he's obviously got good network up his sleeve. That he can unearth these guys a little, I mean, it speaks volumes that Kenny Shields can bring those guys in from all over Europe the champions like Dundalk are, are now coveting them type of players and the, you know Kenny has them money scouting network so it's fantastic and I think all the fans are excited to see who's going to pull in next
0: let 2017 worry about 2017 we'll go back the Friday night just past there and I have to say Kevin the first half of the match between the 5th minute and the 35th minute was possibly one of the dullest matches I've ever watched in my life. But the problem was within that time period too, was that Sligo Rovers probably had the better of the play, but just didn't know what to do with the ball, despite dominating some of the possession in that period.
4: Uh, definitely. The game was flat. That was how I described it. I literally I found myself looking at the big screen to check the time, because it was just ticking by so slowly. And I actually took my forward to of the game, actually, and I remember thinking, saying to him, watch the football we play and I was thinking oh boys come on here let's let's beef it up but to be fair to Sligo you know was one of the better football sides I've seen this year and they tried to produce it a couple of times they, they lacked in the final third and Derry were just sleeping we were just stuck in second gear and as you've
1: seen the second half was like a, a different game altogether for Derry it was a terrible first half I mean and I was selling programmes, as I usually do, until five minutes on, maybe. I usually go straight to stand them, so, but I watched a bit of it and decided just to leave the programmes out to the car instead of doing it at half-time, like I usually do. So that's that's the way the first half was for me. I, I found it surprising, actually, at half-time, when I was up in the office and there were some of the Sligo Rovers players and uh, directors and who weren't involved in the game were up getting a cup of tea and, that, and they were chatting to each other, convinced that they should be 3-0 up. And I was kind of thinking, you know, are you watching the same match? Uh, I'm not 100% sure. Certainly, whatever Kenny Shields said to them at halftime must have uh, obviously worked. So, night and day between first half and second half.
0: Well, you know where I'm positioned for the commentary, we're in like section D, which is about 70 yards away from the goal. My viewpoint of the, the goal happened to be that the goalkeeper came out and just punched it out and McCann I thought it was good funny from him, but what was your few from I know you, you in particular, are normally behind that net. Do you were there long uh, enough to see it?
1: I was very close to it, yeah. Um, I mean, from what i seen, it looked like Jared was going to come for the ball to catch it, and then when he did punch it, it was a kind of a bit confused why it would come out to, down near the 18-yard box just to punch a ball when there's plenty of defenders about. From the replay, I've seen a replay uh, of it since, and it does look like he come out to punch the ball, which is quite strange, but... He obviously made the call and give a shout to the defenders that he was going to do that. and must have been confident that he's going to get a, a better punch on it. He obviously doesn't mean to drop it at the feet of McCamp. Could he have let defenders deal with it? They were under pressure as well. They had they were marking men So keeper feels he can get it. Then keeper feels he can get it. If you watch Castells at the back, he was a bit shaky coming the start of that game, and there wasn't so
4: much a domineer or command and role there. And I think Jared got the situation where he thought I'll try and fulfill that role here, even though I was coming so far out from a goal. And I he must judge it simple as that. And maybe it's a case of when you know they have to keep a high concentration level there and I don't know if Jared was just switched off there and thought this is the best decision before actually thinking about it
0: Cairn Nugent was probably the battle match for Slego Rovers and his goal and quite a few fantastic uh, saves he pulled out throughout the match
4: yeah he was in phenomenal form at one stage during the game I thought is it going to be one of those days where it's going to be the story of the goalkeeper here you know because he was pulling them off and he was really athletic and we were making the chances and it was just it was in great form, it was one of those performances, but thankfully enough it it turned in our favour and end up and it took a wonder goal basically from our McNeve.
1: Yeah, it's a a great goalkeeper, but you know, thankfully we've a, a great goalkeeper as well and our McNeve's goal, as you say, was was
0: fantastic. It
1: just kinda of came out of the blue It's
0: about time it came off. It was coming <laughs> exactly,
1: off yeah, it? It's just just having to catch it right down the folly. Shades of Kevin uh, gritting us lately <laughs> from uh Twenty thirty yards out just getting it through uh, by the bodies.
0: What do you think of Barry McNamee's performance and goal as well? Quite a lot of people saying he just easily passed it under the back of that. He
1: easily passed it, well you you could say that, but Barry McNamee wouldn't say that and his right foot. He's never touched the ball with his right foot ever before, so <laughs> he's managed to get a goal with one now. No, it was well taken as well. The um, sort of a a finesse shot kinda into the far corner, which is well, it was a striker's finish
4: yeah I thought Barry had a very good game actually played well just behind the forwards always linking the play and that uh, goal itself it, it, I didn't even know he took it on I was right, when you're saying that now when you come to think of it it, it just looked so natural to him and it was a lovely calm finish whereas a lot of people would have snatched at that, that chance back time.
0: One of the players that quite a few were talking about after the game, and I'm being told now by yourselves because I had no idea as we started recording, he's now signed a contract extension with Derry he Said he's Josh Daniels. It took him a while to get settled into the game, particularly in the first half, but the second half he came out, and I think it was Liam Higarty who made the comparison about what they said about George Best uh, many years ago about how he even twisted their blood. And he did give McLeish a terrible time uh, on Friday night. It
1: was exactly the same as the match. To be honest, it was night and day. I think the first half he was getting bullied a bit. Uh, the guys we were just going on light and heavy on him, and that was obviously the game plan they had against him. And they, you know, you, you see a young, uh, lightly made up lad on the wing. That's what the like experienced defenders are going to do. But you know, Josh has his own experience, and he's, he's more than capable of taking around a man. And, even trying some skill down the other corner at the end that doesn't come off, but he, he, he seemed very proud of it anyway, the <laughs> You know, he was playing with confidence, uh, as if he'd already signed the contract. You know what I mean, Josh? For me, really grew under the
4: game he did. He, he, as you notice, I said previously on all podcasts, he's a great confidence player. And once someone starts going right, he really he can really get out a team and uh, affect their play. But for me as well, like physicality wise, Josh is has he's, he's actually grown in size. You can physically see it. And a couple of 50-50s well, they were looking to butcher him, and he he stood up well and. And that was the only way of getting them. And when they decided they couldn't get them that way, he just really sort of got at them and really niggled.
0: Let's fast forward to this coming Friday night where we go to Inchicore to take on St. Patrick's Athletic. They're currently one point behind Sligo Rovers in the race for fifth place. This is the third podcast and we've mentioned the race for fifth place. Kenny Shields is saying that this is a dead rubber, but St. Pat's aren't going to take that attitude come Friday.
1: We've all seen the way Kenny Shields can manage matches and there's no way he's going to send out the under-19s for this game at all. He's going to want to see how the season in style. Pats have a lot to play for as well. There's a lot more money involved in, in, in finishing the, the place above Sligo, so uh, they'll be up for it too, but you know, it's, it's going to be a very, very tight game. Hopefully we can get the one out of it though.
0: This year they've already won the League Cup, and if they end up finishing Fuff, is that enough to keep Buckley in his job? To be honest,
1: if I was just a Pats fan, I wouldn't have enough confidence in my team getting a point against anyone. They're too up and down, they're too hit and miss. It's... Something needs to stick there, and you know Liam Buckley's had so many years now. They try and get it right, and they signed different types of players and tried different systems. And as you can say it's not working for him after bringing home silverware. It's the league that those fans are going to be looking at, and so I don't think fourth position is good enough for them.
4: It might script free because of the League Cup victory, basically. But come the start of next season, the first six seven games are crucial for him. To be honest.
0: They got rid of their best midfielder at the start of the season in Craig Bolger. And they brought in a lot of different players. I got the list right in front of me. They brought in Keith Tracy from Drogheda. David Colley from Sligo Rovers. Mark Tumlin from Derry. Graham Kelly from Bray. Billy Dennehy as well as Darren Dennehy. Denny Corcoran. Dylan McLeod who came in from Shelburne. Uh, Michael Burke from Bray Wanders. And Kinsella who they got in loan from Everton during the mid-season break. Most of those names I've just rattled out. Have they even stood out for you at all in any game you've watched them in?
1: Not really, you know, I mean, the only players that would really have stood out for me when I watch some pats is, is, of course, Mark Tumlin, because you always sort of have half an eye on him anyway, but the rest of the guys are kind of, it's just guys that are, you know, they'll play 90 minutes for you, they're, they're not going to be star players, by any means, It's—it's kind of reminds you of uh, the likes of Alan Keane saying for Dundalk, Doc. You know, coming out of retirement, they play in a, a, a team that's challenging for the title, you kind of think... Could you have got a better player in there? And the answer is yes.
0: Well, he has done a good job for them.
1: He has, yeah. But uh, of all the players that you're going to have options of uh, at right back, you wouldn't think of taking somebody to retirement. Especially not when you're trying to bring in youth and whatever else. But kind of the same with some pats. There's a lot of... The, one of the best on the reds teams in Ireland. And you, you see guys like Jamie McGrath coming through and the the goalkeeper that they had in there a couple of weeks ago as well. Had a fantastic game. But they're not getting their chance when they're signing that many players. From all the League of Ireland clubs.
4: Yeah, it's a case of Buckley signing the players. Uh, they have a bit of a name, uh, but it's getting those players to come together, work as a team. Like, you know, he's failed in that regard for me. Uh, and as you say, the, can you name the players who stood out to it in many games there? You can't. sample that.
0: Friday night, watch your predictions for the game. I know we've got a couple of players coming back. And also, Kenny Shields had said in his interview there about how he wants this match to be an opportunity for players to show their character. I hate using this phrase and I hate the phrase character being used in football. Brenton Rogers, it's yeah. all your fault. He, he's going to use this game to see what kind of footballers he has on his team. Is there people there you might give an opportunity to see what they're worth going on to the end of the season?
1: Yeah, well there's a lot of changes you can make and I don't think there's anybody that has only had two or three games that you would want to have another look at. I mean, possibly the last few guys to come on there, like Socorner and Castells and that, you would want to have another look at them, but I think the likes of even Harry Monaghan and Keith Ward that haven't maybe got as many games as they would have liked we've still seen them quite a bit throughout the season, we know how good they are and hopefully we can hang on to them type of guys as well it's all about getting the one I can
4: see it being a high scoring game he might put on. what about young Scott uh, Whiteside who came on there uh, at right back he might I wouldn't mind seeing him just because I, I literally haven't seen him this season yeah, we... but but I think Keanu's been fair enough for well, that squad like a lot of players you said like Keith Ward I've seen Keith Ward plenty of times and High Monaghan he was unfortunately injured during the season but he still got plenty of games at the same time so you know I think he'll go to be as usual nearly as usual event, maybe put the likes of Keith Ward in and uh, I think he'll keep uh, Castells at the back
0: Keanu thank you very much for calling down once again Thanks to the support of our donor Richard McKinney you can listen to past episodes of the City Till I Die Supporters Podcast for free including our City Till I Die Supporters Podcast 002 a podcast in which we pay tribute to the late Mark Farn
2: He was a consummate professional He constantly wanted to improve He was so humble He didn't want praise He didn't want to be constantly in the spotlight and he had every reason to be
1: we were just chatting he was telling me that he was looking to get back into coaching kids in, in Donegal and he was looking forward to that and he was looking to get back into the game and fantastic to see him looking so well and it's the sad news then that went went downhill from there.
0: The episode Dundalk Postmortem in which Andrew and I analysed the defeat to Dundalk. On the pitch, it just seemed that Derry City never got started. And off the pitch, it seemed like we watching a snooker
1: match. And when the second goal went down, obviously it didn't help. When you see people leaving at half-time and stuff, you know what sort of game it's it's been so far.
0: And our supporters Q&A with Arn Mac and Nathan Boyle. But Andrew, remind us what that was called.
1: Peter pe- Peter Pepper picked... Don't want to just read this? Out? Wow. I'm wrong. Can you say it first wow. before we say it? It says Peter Pepper picked a pickled pepper. Peter Pepper picked a pepper. God knows why. Peter to Pepper picked a pick the pickle pepper. That'll do. That's close enough. That's what, that's <laughs> what it was, isn't it?
0: <laughs> Access our library on soundcloud.com by searching for CTAD Supporters Podcast DC or on iTunes by searching hashtag CTAD Supporters Podcast. I got an email or I should say a message on Derry City chat from Tony Mike me asking me would it be possible for me to talk to Eddie Sedak about the underage level and I went and I did get that interview and I started this interview by asking Eddie how you would evaluate the underage season.
3: Well we don't evaluate the season, any season on um, trophies or anything like that, we just need to look at the first team. On occasion this season there's been 10 lads that we brought through from 15 and 16 year old. To play for the first team, so that's how we evaluate evaluate it any season.
0: It just goes to show that a lot of people talk about what Shamrock Rovers are doing at the minute and bringing in the kids, but we've been doing it for years and you've been part of that for God knows how many years as well, Eddie? We'll have to say, in chatting amongst ourselves, the Shamrock Rovers escapade
3: has fairly irked us because, as you say, we've been doing it and I think we've calculated recently over the last eight years we've had something like 30 players have made it through to the first team, some haven't stayed for that long and some have moved on to better things. Some have actually went across the water without even playing for the first team. Perhaps our biggest fault is um, we don't publicise ourselves, we just got on with it, that's our job, and without blowing our own trumpet, I think we do okay.
0: It was quite unlucky last week for the under-17s against Monaghan Calvin, were you quite disappointed in the end result?
3: We're always disappointed, with it. although it's, it's, it's a development thing, and we don't stress, the only thing we ever talk about is performances, both at 17s and 19s. But it's natural, for you want to win anyway. I know, even myself, if I'm playing Scrabble, I'm the guy that tips the table up when he's losing. The day you have to say to any team, we want to win, I mean, what's the alternative? It's just stupid. Everybody wants to win. But the performances overall throughout the season, both 17s and 19s have been first class. We always go with about half the squad young. The Under 19s, for example, have 12 of their 20-man squad play again next year. And we've got about half a dozen or seven of the same thing at 17. So that's the way we go. Most clubs pitch their team right on the level. We don't, simply because we want to d- d- its development.
0: Last question, Eddie. They're going to start an under-15s league, I believe, next year is in the national championship. How's that going to benefit Derry City and the, the progression of the young players?
3: See, to improve as a player, with all due respect to local teams in the National League in the North, to be a better player you have to get the best players, training with the best, playing with the best, playing against the best. It's as simple as that. Uh, any sport, and that's what will happen. If you're playing... Like, with due respect again to other teams, if you have the chance at 14-year-old to play against Shamrock Rovers, St. Pat's, Bose, do you want to play there or do you want to play, I'm not going to mention any teams, but you can imagine the, the teams I'm talking about. So if you want to be a football player, if you want to play for Derry, you have to try and get the Derrys and the Ulster league under-15s, which starts next August.
0: He starts off the interview by saying that they aren't really particularly looking at one in the under 17s under 19 leagues it's more about putting the players forward are you surprised by that
1: not really no it's it's the same kind of case as the also senior league as well with the reserves it's it's about getting guys back from injuries and that basically trying under 19s players against we're playing against men but under 19s it it is all about get the player i mean you you look at the amount of players that have come through the first team this year who are 19 uh, you know it's, it's those type of guys that you want to have a look at so whether you won the under-19s league or not is more or less irrelevant, if, if you're getting two or three guys up on the first team out of it uh, that's fine, that's all you need there's there's no massive prize money involved or European spots or anything in the under-19s league so you know, if you finish mid-table, it's fine. There's a, Nobody's going to go up in arms about it. You know, at the end of the day, if you're if you're turning out guys like Conor McDermott, for example, uh, to pick just one, that's Eddie and uh, John Quigg and them. That's, they're making the club possibly 200,000 in a few years to come if an English club comes in for him, so... You no, know, that's that's where your level of success comes from. That's that's where your measuring stick basically.
0: The under fifteen league that's going to launch now next August is it a step in the right direction by the FEI to have such a young age league, or do you think it's too soon for for players at that age?
1: Not really. I think it's a difficult age group for uh, footballers. It's it's just the age group where they have to choose their their path and the fork in the road is they're basically they're going to continue playing football and train full time and whenever they can or they're going to head out with their mates on a friday night to are start come make girl or you know that type of thing and that's basically where a lot of players that's where you lose a lot of players so hopefully uh if, if we get a bit of the football behind them and understand that they can make the step up they can look above them and see the under 17s and under 19s and how many players are making a step up towards the first team now it's it gives them something to achieve and hopefully uh it'll give us a lot more players to look at
0: in the future the reserves are in action this weekend
1: the Ulster Senior Leagues back th- this weekend, this Saturday, we're away to Cockall Celtic uh, at uh, Charlie O'Donnell Sports Ground at 2 o'clock, if anybody wants to go.
0: We're edging towards our final podcast of the run. It'll be our 40th, and we're, I don't know if anybody's aware of this, it'll be 4 over-prescribed than what we were supposed to do. We're only made to do 36. And we've been talking to you about what the hell we're going to do. I've come up with... Some minor ideas, people have suggested ones. One was from Dan Dunn about doing a live broadcast uh, from the social club, which just doesn't work out because, for example, we haven't got anything in terms of microphones and amps to play out. And if we do, how do we hook it up? And I'm here now behind a desk and I'm panicking about this. Imagine me up at the top of the bar, and the recording go down at the back can you really see me run up and down like a Speedy Gonzales to make sure that everything's working smoothly
1: and I really can't imagine Drive 105 letting us take this whole studio and relocate it to uh, Covered
0: Square they don't even know we're using it now this is the second week we've used this room too and Yeah,
1: we only break in here every week
0: <laughs> I did think about maybe even having it in this room but we'd all end up sweating buckets in this room yeah. but if anybody has any suggestions we have mentioned a possibility of a player coming on to finish things off we'll have a chat to a few of the lads and see if anybody does fancy coming on there next week
1: and if any players are listening you can get in touch with us if you want to come on as well it's, just, it's a good laugh everybody knows that thing. Eh?
0: next week we'll be looking at the action from Friday night down at Inchicore if you don't make the match you can listen to it on Drive 105 on 105.3 FM I believe it's myself and Gary Ferry doing the commentary and BBC Radio Foyle will be broadcasting the match live as well you heading down I'm going to try my best to head down, yet. Yeah. That means no. We'd like to thank Kevin once again for coming down to be part of our supporters panel. Thank you as well to Eddie Sedak for taking the time to talk to us in regards to the underage levels. And thank you for listening and also sharing our links. It's very much appreciated. So until next time, ladies and gentlemen, city it till I die.